the newest episode of the Honeypot Podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Hendricks, and today I took the lid off the pot for a very brave and very humble Mr. Joey Smith. Now, before we get started, I want to make sure that I ask you to please take the time to subscribe to the podcast. By subscribing, you can join us in the pot weekly and receive notifications for all things Honeypot. Now, let me introduce today's guest. Joey Smith is a resident of Dallas, Texas, by way of Jackson, Mississippi, by way of Alabama. <laughs> he is a survivor and now currently an amputee, and we are here to talk to him today about the flu season and how it has affected and changed his life. Welcome to the pot, Joey. Hi, how's everybody doing? We're happy to have you here today. I know that you have appeared on The Doctor's Show, and you also were featured in the Daily Mail um, news outlet. Um, so we're very, very happy to have you here. It's an honor. I want to talk to people about what happened to you um, during this flu season. Now, let's give them a background. November 9th is your birthday. And for the past six years, you have gone and you've gotten a flu shot. Yes. This year was, this past year was no different. And in December on the 29th, you ended up in ICU fighting for your life. That's absolutely right. Tell us about that, what happened in that experience, how this all came about. Um, prior to me, um, being diagnosed with the flu, um, about two weeks prior, I had gotten a physical, everything was fine. And as you mentioned, I got the flu shot um, back the week of my birthday, uh, as I annually do for the last six years. On December 29th, I basically went to work. I was feeling fine um, that day up until after lunchtime. Uh, one of my coworkers had a cough and sniffles and it had been going on for a couple of days i finally say jokingly with her if you don't take care of that um, you're going to get everybody sick sick and within a matter of minutes i went to lunch and came back and about 1 45 i started feeling very lightheaded and dizzy i uh, got up walked around for about 20 minutes and after that 20 minutes i came back and started doing a coaching plan with one of my team members and I couldn't make it through that coaching plan uh, without uh, feeling like I was about to pass out. So at that point, I stood up and walked to my manager and told him what was going on and said, hey, I need to go home. I didn't want to pass out at work. The drive home was rough. I was shaking the entire way. Got home, couldn't make it up my stairs. Uh, took me about five minutes to even crawl up my stairs. I immediately got in, took some medicine and laid down. Um, I was shaking in cold sweats while I was in bed, and within a couple of hours, I was fell asleep and was feeling better. Got up, got something to eat, uh, called my friend, my best friend, and told him, hey, I'm not feeling good, but we're going to make this trip to New Orleans and uh, for New Year's. Around 11 p.m., I called him back, and I wasn't feeling any better. I said, hey, he asked me, did I want to go to the hospital? And I said, yes, went to the urgent care. They couldn't figure out what was wrong, took a flu test um, there, and it, it initially came back negative. I went to ICU. They sent me over to ICU at Texas Presbyterian Hospital. And from there on, uh, it went downhill. And 
within a matter of hours, they were telling my best friend, hey, call his family. He's not going to make it through 24 hours. So they did two flu tests on you, and they both came back negative. And they did a blood test as well. And the blood test is what came back positive for the flu, right? Yes, that's absolutely correct. The, it wasn't until they did the blood test that the, the, the flu uh, showed up in my system. Um, and also when they did the blood test, it uh, came back positive for um, pneumonia and sepsis. Um, so at this time, um, of course, I had gone under. Um, basically, I was in a, uh, uh, had gone into my coma. And so I didn't know uh, any history of this until I got out of my coma, which was six days later. Oh, wow. You were in a coma for six days. Correct. Um, so while you were in the coma, your blood pressure was low, and that was because of the sepsis, right? Correct. Uh, because of the sepsis, I had very low blood pressure. I went into septic shock. And when I went into septic shock, they basically gave me uh, a drug that is known as a presser to raise my blood pressure. And that presser basically constricts the blood flow to your internal organs in order to save my life, which it did, but it compromised my limbs, my, my hands and my feet, which is why I have already lost my fingers and I will lose my toes. So uh, have you lost all of your fingers or you still have your thumbs, right? Yes, my, uh, I haven't lost all of my fingers. On my left hand, as you can see, the middle finger is the only one I lost, but I have uh, severe damage to the other two where I have a lot of uh, waiting on skin to grow back. Uh, the nails are gonna come off and eventually, hopefully they grow back. Uh, but this uh, right hand was affected the most. Um, I lost the tips of the index and the pinky, and then the two middle fingers are uh, basically amputated down to the knuckle. Um, but because I have my thumb, I'm going through physical therapy, and I can basically uh, work and get normal functions of my hands again. So, because you you are very, very active in the gym, so um, you'll still be able to go to the gym and work out as normal using your hands. But what about uh, on your, your feet? You're, you're losing, are you losing all of your digits on your feet or is it the same situation? Yes, I'm going to lose basically all of my toes. And the reason we have not done the surgery on my feet yet, uh, we're very optimistic that my tissue on my toes, basically, we're hoping that half of that regenerates sort of so that they only have to cut half of my toes off, which would leave me with a fully functioning feet. Um, if they cut, have to cut all of my toes off at the base of where my toes start, then of course I would need prosthetics or something to help me walk um, in that case. Okay, and uh, so you are right-handed, correct? Yes, I'm right. So are you going to have to learn how to write again with your using your left hand? Uh, well, I am working on writing with my right hand, actually. Um, the, my writing has changed a lot. Um, it looks like chicken scratch. Um, <laughs> but I'm optimistic that practicing with, because I can connect my, my index and my um, thumb, I, I'm working on still writing with my right hand.
That's wonderful. Now, there's something that was said on the doctor's show on your interview that I found very interesting. Um, one of the doctors pointed out that had you not gotten your flu shot, um, you could have died because it gave it helped build your antibodies in your system. Can you talk to us about that? Yes. Um, like I say, I've been getting a flu shot and the doctor did point out that had I not gotten my flu shot, then the flu um, could have been, it could have been a much worse situation. Uh, and I basically, uh, from the research that I've done myself, I, I have no other choice but to agree with that because I did have the antibodies in my system. And for had this happened to someone that did not have the flu shot, um, I do think it would have been a much worse outcome. Um, the, the sepsis and the pneumonia would have been much more harder to treat um, as well. Um, so I think having the flu shot ultimately helped in assisting with saving my life. One thing that, that you wrote, um, you, you actually wrote this on Facebook and it's something that's very inspiring and it shows and it's, an, it's a testament to who you are as a person. You said, I have always been a fighter and this time was no different. According to the doctors on that sixth day, I came to and snatched the ventilator out of my throat. Although I do not recall snatching the ventilator out of my throat, I do recall being awake and being helpless as I whispered to a passing nurse, help me, help me. Help arrived, and by this time, I was out of it again. When I came to, I had been placed on a face mask breathing machine, but my vitals had drastically improved. It shows how much of a fighter you are and how you are really fighting to overcome everything that you've been through. Um, tell us how it makes you feel now knowing that you survived something so devastating. I am, um, I don't like to toot my own horn at all, but I'm very proud of what I did to get through this. Um, like I said, you said the doctors basically told me I was the one that snatched that ventilator out of my throat, and I don't recall it, but it does sound like something that I, I would do. Um, I have always, I've been through a lot of tough situations, and I've had a lot of um, um, people, you know, tell me that I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. They looked at me in a negative light. And I've always been a positive person say, hey, and I've been the type to prove people wrong over and over and over again. This was no different. Uh, although they couldn't tell me directly that I was dying, they told my friend that I was dying and there was something in there that knew, hey, someone has given up on you and you can't give up on yourself. So although I was in a coma, there was a dream. People say you don't dream when you're in a coma, absolutely incorrect i remember running from door to door in a dark room while i was in that coma until i found some light and when i found that light it's the day i came to and uh, i came to and it shocked everybody every doctor that had seen me uh, my parents you know based on the information they had gotten they didn't think i was going to make it but there i was i had fought my way through that dark room and found that light and you are a light. So I want to talk about um, your sister set up a GoFundMe page for you because right now you're currently, even though you do, you are employed, 
you're currently under short term and you don't have short term disability benefits. Um, your sister set up a GoFundMe page for you to not only help you uh, with medical funding, but also because uh, she is concerned about prosthetics for you as well. Um, Tell us about, do you know anything about how that's going so far? I, I know that you haven't reached your goal because I did my research, but I want you to tell everybody about what you know about it. Uh, well, the, uh, my sister did initially set it up because we were concerned about the prosthetics um, and the medical bills. They have started coming in. I've been in the hospital for almost a month, and when I got home, I had a box full of mail bills already um, that insurance had not covered. Um, so she, when she set that up, that was the goal. The prosthetics and the bills were the initial goals. Uh, and then I was surprisingly blessed by the doctor's TV show um, in Hangers Clinic um, that they were going to take care of my hand prosthetics completely. Um, so now the goal is just to uh, minimize the stress on me of worrying about these medical bills that are coming in. Um, so that's why I still have my GoFundMe page up. It's just to uh, get that uh, medical bills taken care of. And because I'm not working, you know, I have, my family is doing all they can to, you know, keep a roof over my head, make sure that my rent um, is paid, car note, things of that nature. Uh, but I have absolutely no income coming in because short-term disability is not available on my job. Uh, we do have long-term disability. Um, but unfortunately, I do have a, another five months. It takes a total of six months before I'm even eligible for that. Um, so the best option I have, um, I am very, have been very reliable on the, um, my community and my surroundings, helping pitching in and helping out. That's wonderful that you, you do have some people that are helping to pitch in. But hopefully with this interview, we'll be able to get more people to go to your GoFundMe page, your GoFundMe page. And I will make sure that I put the link to your GoFundMe page here in the description as well as um, on the YouTube video. So for anyone who is interested, please go and assist and help him because he really needs it. And not because he's asking, but because I'm asking. Um, this I've known him for a very, very long time, and he's always been a very pleasant person, very nice. And just to see him being a fighter, I don't mind helping someone who is always willing to help other people no matter what. Now, I do want to talk a, a little bit more about the flu shot, um, because as I was doing research, I, I went online to the CDC and the Department of Health, and I found that the flu shot has been effective this year, 39% in adults and 59% in children. What would, you, what would be your advice to people who are wavering on whether or not to get the flu shot? Because I can be honest with you, I've never gotten one. But my reason has always been because my grandfather went and got a flu shot, went to the hospital, and he never came out. So what would be your advice to someone like me who has taken a stand against the, the flu shot? Well, very, first of all, Carmen, I'm very sorry to hear about your grandfather. Um, I do still recommend the flu shot, um, and that's simply because I have taken this flu shot for um, six years consecutive and have not had a 
problem up until now. Now, uh, although if the flu shot has been only 39% effective this year, um, I the reason I still recommend it is because that's 39% of lives possibly saved. Um, it, like I said previously, I do honestly feel had I not had the antibodies in my system from the flu shot, the outcome would have been much, much worse. Um, the flu shot for me, basically, um, the reason I do get it is, is because I do believe it saves lives, one. Uh, it keeps, although it does not prevent you from having the flu, and that's a lot of people's misconceptions that, hey, it's supposed to keep me from getting it. That's not true. It doesn't keep you from um, getting the flu, but if you do get the flu with those antibodies already being in your system, you're much likely to survive the flu. Okay. So um, the strain this year is the H3N2. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This particular strain is airborne? Yes, it is. Okay. Is that the, the strain that you have? Absolutely the strain that I have. Um, and... You know, um, I, I mentioned my coworker uh, having a little cough and sneeze. I don't know if that's necessarily where I got it from because we work in an open environment and there could have been several other people sick. So I don't want to um, basically say that that particular coworker got me sick, but because it is airborne, it could have been absolutely anybody. And the thing about it is um, most people uh, that have the flu initially don't really exhibit signs for a period of time. Um, so it, um, although my coworker had obvious symptoms, there could have been someone around me that didn't even know they had the flu yet that were um, putting things into the air that I could have contracted. Yes, I'm glad that, that you said that and that you mentioned that it could be in any, it could have been anyone because I'd like to give some tips. Um, and this actually came from the CDC website. These are tips for those people who feel like they may have the flu. First, let me give you some of the symptoms. Um, fever, and you may not necessarily have a fever, but it's fever, cough, sore throat, runny or stuffy nose, body aches, headache, chills, fatigue, and then sometimes diarrhea and vomiting. And you said that you had the chills, right? Yes, I had the uh, body aches and chills were um, basically my only symptoms. I had no cough, no sniffles, no sore throat, but I had the body aches and chills. And you didn't have a fever either, right? No, not initially. No. Mm -hmm. So the tips that I'd like to share, if you do feel like you have these symptoms, stay home. Um, if possible, stay home from work, school, don't run any errands when you're sick because you'll help prevent others from catching your illness. Also, avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, or mouth because this is how germs spread. And also, clean and disinfect surfaces or objects. Um, anything that you frequently touch, get you some Lysol wipes, Clorox wipes, whatever it is that you use to clean your home to disinfect, and this needs to be done at homework or school. Um, a lot of times when you're at work, you may not know it. Somebody may walk by, cough, germs. Somebody may touch something on your desk, you don't know it. 
germs. So just kind of be mindful of that, especially during this, this flu season, because it's, it's really been a deadly flu season. And I want to say it's been the deadliest flu season. Is, is that right? Yes, it has been the deadliest. I think the last rough ride that we had during the flu season was 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but this has well surpassed 2009. Mm -hmm. And then there are, are other flu complications um, in addition to um, it developing into pneumonia. You can get a sinus or ear infection, um, which is actually a, a moderate complication. My, pneumonia is a serious complication, but then there's also possible uh, other possible serious complications that are triggered by, by the flu, which is inflammation of the heart, brain, or muscle tissues, and also multi-organ failure, which is what you experience. We want to make sure that everybody is um, aware of what can happen because the flu is, is so serious. Um, and then I also want to point out the people who are at high risk for developing flu-related complications. Um, of course, children who are younger than five, um, but especially those younger than two, adults 65 and older, pregnant women, and residents of nursing homes. So if you are in, in those in that environment with people of those age brackets, be mindful, cover your mouth, you know, those types of things if you're feeling ill and you're coughing. Um, is there anything else that I missed that you'd like to share about the flu? <laughs> uh, you brought up the, the uh, organ failure and things of that nature. I, I do want to let everybody know that um, although my case was extremely serious and I, you know, had other issues, uh, amputations as a result of the flu, I have, I am otherwise um, fully healthy. My kidneys have um, recovered uh, completely. Uh, my lungs have recovered completely and I didn't have any other heart or um, brain issues as a result of being without oxygen so long. So despite me losing my fingers, I am going to be totally fine. And you have a background in public speaking, and you're very interested in talking to other people, being an encouragement to others who have experienced uh, any type of difficulty in life. So tell people how they will be able to find you if they would like for you to come and speak at an event that they have. I can always be reached on Facebook. Um, my name, uh, by my uh, government name, Joey, J-O-E-I, last name Smith, S-M-I-T-H. Um, I can also be reached by email, Smith underscore Joey, J-O-E-I, 101 at yahoo.com. Okay, now I have one more question for you. And this is, it's a question I ask everybody. Um, and especially for you, I'm interested in what you have to say. What does success look like to you? Um, success is for me personally is being able to uh, realize, look back and realize that you have basically done what you need to do to survive in this life uh, without fear, basically. Um, a lot of people, they look at money as success. Um, they look at a job title as success. And for me, that is not the case. Um, 
surviving, um, doing what I need to do to help others, uh, reaching out, um, community service, things of that nature, knowing that I have done all I can possibly do to um, be the best person I can possibly be, uh, as well as help the next person is success to me. I have one more question, um, and this is something that I meant to ask earlier. I know that you could not travel to the doctor's show because you uh, had some medical complications. Are you still under those travel restrictions now? Uh, basically, with my um, the reason I wasn't able to travel is because of the the limited of my walking. Um, the doctor has lifted the uh, walking restrictions. He basically at this point encourages me to walk to keep the blood flow flowing in my feet. Um, although my feet are still in pain, um, those travel restrictions are not as severe as they were. Okay. We look forward to seeing what 2018 has in store for you and hope for the very, very best for you. I see great things happening for you because you have such a, you have the light that you were searching for when you were in your coma. Now, we have a segment in the show where I ask what's in the honeypot. And that means um, I want to know what you're listening to. So what's on your music playlist right now? Um, a lot of gospel, um, a lot of inspirational um, songs. Um, uh, Leandria Johnson um, is very big on my playlist right now. Um, anything, basically anything. Uh, I think one of my friends was playing, I, I don't know who exactly sings this song, um, but it's sort of like a rock song, Don't Stop Believing. Uh, so that's, I've uh, been playing that uh, day in and day out for the last couple of days. Okay. And do you have any last words for our listeners and viewers today? I definitely do. Um, basically, I want everybody to know, regardless of what you go through in life, it's not about just being uh, having an illness, whether it's depression, whether it's uh, mental or physical abuse, um, just take a moment to realize that there is always a way out and there is always a way to get support um, in anything that you're going through. Uh, don't let situations get you down. Keep fighting and fight until you have found your way out. Um, and that's exactly uh, what I did when I was in that coma. I fought and fought till I found my way out. And with anything in life, you can fight until you find your way out. Thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom, for sharing your light with us, and for being so positive during this difficult time. That leads me to my Carmenism today. And that is, be happy. And if you aren't happy, find happiness, because everyone can complain, but it takes a special person to make a change. I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. And hopefully we'll be able to help you raise the monies that you need um, to continue to live um, your life the way that you, you've been able to live it until, especially until your long-term disability kicks in. Um, I know that corporate America has changed so much and we have to fight for every little thing that we have just so that we can um, live our normal. And now your normal has changed and you're still smiling. And that's just a wonderful thing. Um, I appreciate you being here.
Thank you, Carmen. I want to thank our audience for taking the time to listen to the Honeypot Podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Hendricks. Be sure to subscribe and like us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the handle at Honeypot Podcast. You can also find me at CarmenHendricks.com. That does it for today's show. Unfortunately, I have to put the lid back on the pot. We're going to miss you, Joey. We will see you next time. Goodbye.